Welcome back to the Faith Declassified Podcast with Study Aloud. We are your hosts, Hunter and Kenneth. <laughs> and we are so happy to have you back joining us this week on another episode of Faith Declassified. This week, I have the honor and privilege to interview my co-founder. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have co-founders, but this man is going to get it done. He's okay. going to make sure that we have everything that we need. If we don't have it, he's going to figure out who needs to give it to us, and we're going to make it happen. I try. And I today, try. we are going to dive deeper into his life where he came from, all of the things about when he came to Jesus, and we want to learn more about his expertise in the AI space. Fun fact about Kenny, he doesn't like to think that he's tech savvy, but I have personally witnessed the growth to the point where he is now what I would consider a prompt engineer for AI um, prompts. So I'm just going to throw that out there before we dive into it. But let's start off with some praise reports. Let's get it. Uh, as far as the praise report business-wise for Study Out Loud, um, I would say that we've been wanting to talk to publishers for quite some time now. We had our first attempt um, last year, and it didn't go as well as we planned. I think the publisher was very excited about the product, but ultimately, we were young. We still are young in this mm -hmm. journey, and so we didn't even know how to monetize the business. So for all those people that are thinking about uh, coming up with these big ideas, big elaborate ideas, please figure out how your business going to make money. Um, we first started off with our approach with um, thinking like, okay, we only want to serve the customer mm -hmm. and the customer experience. Cause, which is important. Which is important. But before you start talking with businesses, other organizations, and asking them for anything, any type of partnership or anything, they always want to know what's what's in it for them. And like I said, we was I think we were grateful to be put in that place solely because we put the customer first in that in that experience. So it puts you in that position to do that. But for you to have that extra boost of confidence, you need to know how to how to monetize your business. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those lessons that we're constantly growing in. And so as we learn more tricks and, and things on how to monetize a business, we will let you let you guys know. Uh, but as far as the praise report is, we had a conversation with a, a publisher last year. Um, didn't go as well, so we went back to the drawing board and we obsessed over how to monetize the business, which, you know, to this day, we're still trying to figure out what we're still working on is this product design and how to better that experience and what we hope that it will come out in the future will make sense for one, our community and, and two for us to, so we can continue to keep the business growing. People see that a Christian company uh, is for profit. It might get deterred, you know, deterred away from it. But in reality, you want your business to be for profit because now we are leaning heavily on saying that our value for the the customer is what's going to keep refueling the business to grow and grow and not that we're uh, in a position of asking for donations all the time nothing's wrong with donations but 
because we are putting out so much value that we think for the customer, we'll be able to grow. And so we got we got to figure out what is that nice balance. But this was most recently happened is we have talked to another publisher mm-hmm. and we were a little more buttoned up from last year. So we went from infants to babies <laughs> in a way. Um, so uh, we had that conversation. And again, we had another publisher be excited. And that's good. That's good for us. That's good for our brand. And we don't know where that partnership will lead, but we do know that it's exciting to know that uh, another big organization is that has done business for a long time can validate what you have done and what you're doing in the market and see that you're credible in what you're doing. So, I mean, that's a blessing in itself. Definitely. And what's even more important, even though these are Christian organizations, I'm happy to meet real Christian folk. Yeah. You know, it's one thing for someone to slap God's name, Jesus' name on their business mm-hmm. and not really walk it or not really believe in what it is that they stand for. But to really meet true people of God, true kingdom ambassadors that are really doing the work, I'm just excited for the possibility to partner. And he even prayed this out. So mm-hmm. that's it's crazy. You don't hear too many people even pray it out. Uh, so I know sometimes we... We always want to be bold in our meetings, especially when we find out there's other Christians to pray it out. We probably lead the prayer, but it was it was refreshing for someone else to uh, take the initiative to lead out a prayer, and that's the safe space we're allowed to be in too, though. So yep. I, it's all the experience, and I and I I'm definitely grateful to even to share it because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even know. You got to pray out your meetings. Got to. If you're praying over your food, you right. go pray over your business, and you go yeah. pray over these meetings. So. Yeah. It's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, far, and go ahead. I was, and an, another thing with that is you need to make sure that when you are investing or potentially exploring different partnerships for your business to get uh, with people who actually are invested in you as a person yeah. and not just the vision, not just the mission. The vision and the mission are great, but you want to make sure that you can have a long-standing relationship with those people. I think we've just been blessed to meet people who also are just great people in yes. general that we enjoy spending time with, that we could go eat at their house yeah. or you know just go get coffee, go get lunch or whatever. Um, and not feel burdened by it, or it's like it's just business. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the person that 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 uh, invited us to their home to to eat. I mean, that was special. I yeah. mean, that was shout out to Brian Die and Heidi, it, Heidi and Brian. Man, that touched my soul because how often do you hear people inviting you to their home? Yeah, and, and feeding you and breaking bread with you. I, to me, I was like, I haven't seen this in such a long time. I was just, I almost, I almost teared up. He don't even know. I almost teared up. <laughs> I'm tearing up just talking about it. It was a very special moment. And we played some spades. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to have to do this publicly. But, Brian, <laughs> no, we, no, no. We, we cracked <laughs> him in rematch, some spades. Though. Rematch, We cracked him in some spades. I'm talking about it. It wasn't close. A, cu- a, a couple of Bostons. <laughs> <laughs> it had the nerve to keep score. That ain't that's a whole different. <laughs> they were good though. I can't print on them. I was a little nervous for a second. True, true, true. I know he goes. If he ever hear this, he gonna be like, "Oh, I can't never lose to him again. Don't ever lose to me." But all those out there in the future, I talk a lot of trash. Um, Christians do talk trash, but it's fun. It's just yeah. fun and it's lighthearted. Um, Everybody I talk trash with, you that's how you know I love you and I like you because I'm willing to, to have that banner with you. Um, but as far as our, um, as my, my personal praise report, 
is um <sighs> let me dig deep for this one. Pers oh, I'm going to see the Wiz today. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to see the Wiz today. So that's more of the culture. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Say, okay, culture. Uh, yeah. Um, but I heard that it's uh it's a lot to do with some things that we don't believe in, but mm-hmm. but what I'm excited is to see God giving gifts on the stage mm-hmm. and people that's another thing is uh being able to take the beauty out of everything you know and seeing what god has done done in people's lives whether they acknowledge him or not mm-hmm. and so that's why i'm gonna be really excited to go see the whiz um i don't know the people on the stage i don't know nothing about the play i just know that the movie was lit it's a it's an instant classic, classic. Instant classic. I'm talking about. I'm classic. I, man, we got a whole podcast. You make podcast me go on watch that. it. This but, hey, hey, I think I think I had rented it, man. Man, but as far as the praise report, God has afforded me to even be able to go to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, you might not always had a, a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that. So I'm just yeah. just definitely uh, grateful to go see the Wiz and to see what God has given people and to. Bask in all their gifts, mm-hmm. and I'll pray over them, and I'll let them know this is God-given. Y'all, y'all need to give y'all Savior the credit. But Amen. what about you? What's your praise report? You know, I am grateful for my car. I was thinking about that this morning. I am grateful. What's your car name? Grace. Grace. My car's name is Grace. I name all of my cars. Every single last one of them has had a name. First one's name was Elijah. The second one's name was Genesis. Because I was like, okay, this is New Beginnings. Third was <laughs> <laughs> the third car's name was Ambi, like Infinity and Beyond. Because I was like, God could do Infinity and Beyond. It was an Infinity truck. Mm-hmm. And it was gifted to me at the time. So, and and it burnt out on the side of the road. God, Man, God bless like Ambi. I everybody named their car. <laughs> I, I know mine's. My, my first one, I was so excited not to have that. Uh, through the grace of God, no student loans. So... First car was named Alexis, and then now Alexis. this car, because I got in a car accident, is Cambry. Mm. She is dependable. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love her. Gotta love her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you were saying about Grace. Yes, I I was just I named the car Grace because the mechanic told me in my last car it was by the grace of God that my wheels did not fall off my car. I was driving that car literally until the wheels fell out. And my car was just... <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Was not playing no games. The wheels were... Wild. Like, my car was, like, juggling side to side to side. I went into the mechanic and I said, well, maybe I just need an alignment. I don't oh. know. I don't know. Deadly squat. I called my dad because my dad was, like, a car salesman for, like, 20 years. Number one in the country for several years. He was amazing. But anytime I had a car issue, I always called my dad. And he was like, you know, you need to go to the mechanic right away. I was on my way back from work, and I had an hour commute. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, it's, it's just really bad today. Went to the mechanic. They were like, don't drive this home. <laughs> Straight like that. <laughs> so don't drive this home. We get an Uber or have somebody come get this car. Because the wheel, the axle was broken, and so my wheel was hanging off. Literally, was about to fall off my Ooh, car. Oh, <laughs> God, got favor over you. And he's like, you literally wrote this to the wheels fell off. Man, so, I dream of that. I'm great. I dream of that. I think everybody dream of that. So they won't have that uh, car loan, that car note. Yeah. When they say that, they just be joking. They be like, two or three years, I'm going to turn it in. No, no, I dream of it being on the hinge Man. of the wheel, and I can take it in, and then I can 
go back home and then start a new new car. Yeah. But I'm tired of car notes, man. Yeah. Listen. I'm tired of car notes. Even though Cambry ain't been bad with me on my car note, um, but still tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was just a random thought because I was thinking about how smooth my drive was this morning coming in. And I was like, man, it it just wasn't always like this. It was a point where I didn't think I could afford a car. And, you know, I, I was able to, you know, afford it. So I was just really grateful. I'm, I was very adamant on getting a brand new car, especially. I got it back in, in 2020. But I, I was adamant on getting it because I was in the shop every month <laughs> with oh, my man. other cars. I actually remember when you had them two cars. I said, man, she running two beaters. I said, oh, she a real one. <laughs> oh, she a real one. <laughs> It was horrible. Oh, so I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and get a brand new car. But that note ain't no joke. So, you know, just praying that I'm able to pay it off this year. Man, you taking them long rides from Champaign to Bloomington, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was bad. You was playing it crazy. It got so bad one day my co- my um my car was making this like noise when I <laughs> when I was driving. And my coworker came in and was like, Hunter, I think it's time for you to get a new car. Let let's let's go to the computer and, and look up some your, cars. Your life is worth more than this car. Let's <laughs> let's do the right thing now. And put and put your and put your faith in God. <laughs> she was so concerned. She was like, Yeah, I, I was looking up some cars for you over the weekend because I just noticed your car just makes so much noise when you drive. That's like, wild. so embarrassing. That's wild. God be the glory. All right, let's jump right in into your story. We want to hear the meat and potatoes. So don't be, don't go light on us. Let's first talk oh, about <laughs> yes. Let's first talk about um, where you're from and how you got to Chicago. Man, I'm gonna cut it straight. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't think you was gonna cut it like that, but I'm gonna cut it straight. Uh, straight out of Detroit. Uh, I'm always proud of that. Well, and first, let, actually, let's take a walk back. Don't jump into the Chicago story yet. Just talk about like where you're from, how you grew up. Tell us about your family. What, what's your birth order, as as we've heard? Oh, true, true, explained. true. I <laughs> uh, got an older sister, uh, love her to death. Moms, love her to death. Father, love him. To death, <laughs> Amen. you know, you know, fathers always the ones that uh, it's 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 tricky because they make decisions that it's like, <sighs> I guess I wouldn't have it no other way, but mm-hmm. I gotta learn from them. But um, yeah, so I'm from Detroit, um, and I know every city different, especially the urban culture. Some people have their uh, neighborhoods some people mm-hmm. had a street some people have whatever uh, so I'm also proud of where I'm from in, in Detroit on the west side of uh, always used to be between uh still am on Dexter and Linwood so okay uh, he was in Detroit Detroit yeah you know it's crazy man every time I, I I didn't travel as much other than like like family trips growing mm-hmm. up Mom would take me to like Cedar Point or my people's from down south. So like Alabama, we go to it's either Alabama, Cedar Point, maybe somewhere random like we on the border of Canada. So I went to Niagara Falls. That was kind of mm-hmm. cool. cool. Um but not too many other places. And so when I went to college, it was weird because everybody would ask the question, Detroit, Detroit. I'm like, is there any other type of Detroit? Like, what Wait, What are you talking about? I feel like it's a Chicago 
type of thing too where people are like I'm from Chicago but it's somewhere else or something that's why I specified like yeah, Dalton I also didn't cross the borders too too often either so it was kind of weird for me to know like somebody claiming a city that ain't theirs like mm-hmm. that's kind of weird to me but as I got to Chicago met my first couple of Napervillers <laughs> met a couple of uh, uh, other little, little suburbs uh, Laos and all the other suburbs, I started to realize Schaumburg. Shout out to Schaumburg. I don't even know. I don't even know why I would say that. Shout out to Evanston. Uh, just shout out all the okay. suburbs. Um, but when I got to know, I was like, oh, y'all are close to Chicago, but because Chicago is such a popular city, nobody knows the surrounding suburbs. That's how you associate. Mm-hmm. But in Detroit, it's like. No, most people that was in the suburbs don't even want to claim Detroit. Now they do. Now everybody Mm -hmm. do. Now that they have invested some money into it. I think it was a guy named Dan Gilbert or whatever. He's been investing money into it. Now everybody from those suburbs are like, no, I'm a Detroit fan. Or the Lions is winning too. Come on now. Everybody a Detroit uh, Lions fan now. But growing up. It was not a le- no money invested in it, so I didn't see things like bike lanes. <laughs> it was my first time seeing a bike lane when I came from college. I said, "What is?" I said, "Is my neighborhood about to get gentrified?" <laughs> I said, "I said, what is this?" Uh, it still haven't happened. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that. That might be another topic of mm-hmm. talking about gentrification. Because I feel like that's a polarized topic because I think the people actually live through it. It's a hurt of, well, you kind of remember mm-hmm. things how it used to be. Mm-hmm. But then me being in Chicago and I've been in gentrified areas, like I'm like, no, I, I purposely moved here yeah. <laughs> because this is a good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, but that's to speak on more of what our leaders are doing in our community. So the fact that they even have to segregate and do these type of things and not put ample uh, investment into all the communities. And they might be, I don't know, I don't want to speak on that. Maybe one day we have a politician on here. But um, (laughs) as far as where it goes for me, though, is Detroit. And I think if anybody looked up my neighborhood, it's pretty clear. (laughs) So I don't want to really get into that. I try not to glorify things like that. Um, But... uh, Right. I would say that my my parents though, extremely hardworking people. My mom's extremely consistent, dependable. My father always worked two or three jobs, always. Mm. And even my sister, she worked two or three jobs, and even me, I worked two or three jobs. So I get the hustle from my family, and they always been honorable people. So another thing I'm uh, I'm appreciative of is growing up in an environment where everybody. Probably don't have the best intentions. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that uh, my family have been such uh, straight up and honorable people that I ha- I didn't have a need to fall into certain traps. Mm-hmm. I could always just stand on my own and feel comfortable with it and just, it is what it is. And so I think that's what even led me to the, the path that I've been in leading up to 
here now yeah. being a co-founder with you tell me a little bit more about that i'm looking at your linkedin first of all it's extremely impressive you've been oh, across no, various fields no, from portfolio not. manager assistant to marketing analyst she for kia motors you have things <laughs> operations special you are a customer experience project manager you have several certifications it says like 16 licenses certifications but i see the top two are in generative ai specifically but Walk me through a little bit more about how you got to the University of Illinois. Um, your background, you have a bachelor's in advertising and a master's um, in recreational sport and tourism oh, I management. I see what you're doing. You're being fake. <laughs> okay. All so, right. So just, I'll tell y'all the real. <laughs> walk me through, like, from someone who's coming from Detroit, you spoke on how there wasn't as many opportunities or investment in the community um, from where you came from. What Speak to a little bit about, like, I guess how you got there. Like, what what was it that made you say, you know what, I'm going to leave my community. A lot of people we grew up with don't always do that. I've yeah. gone back home, and it's the same folks on the block that was there when I, you know, was growing up. And yeah. they're asked, like, oh, you went to college or whatever. But they're like, oh, college isn't for me. So talk to me a little bit about that. Man, like I said, this, this, is, this is how I know God is real. Mm-hmm. I... Wouldn't say that I grew up in a a household that went to church. For a while, I speculated to know if my my peoples were even Christian, and my father did not come to Christ until I was in high school. Mm. My sister made a couple attempts to take me to church. That didn't go go well, uh, and so to where I'm at now is. It's a testament, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's because growing up, I really didn't have like influences to say, oh, this person is going to college. This person is having this type of job. Most jobs that I know were all factory jobs or um, like hustles. Mm-hmm. Even if you had a real job, most of them have been just hustles. Yeah. Uh, but my sister, you know, was the example, and she probably don't even know this. Uh, I she's so she's she's older than me, she's thirteen years older than me, and so I watched her from far behind, where she was just living her own life. She don't know that I was just those decisions she made influenced me, and mm-hmm. so she took a step out to go to college, and I didn't even know what college was. Um, didn't know what college was still to the. Even when I got to high school, I didn't understand what college was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I went up to go see her, but then it wasn't a concept for me to recognize, to know that, all right, she's in a different atmosphere. Uh, she's, you know, meant to go to, to learn and do all these great things. I didn't recognize that at my early age. Because um, when she went to college, I might have been like five or six. Mm-hmm. Um she was going somewhere. Yeah, like I just, I, 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 it just wasn't, I didn't know. And so another thing is because she's older, she had a whole different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so she would come back and tell me about her experiences. When she moved out here to Chicago, she took a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, she was going back and forth to school. So she, the first time she went to school, um, she didn't complete it because of just finances. Mm-hmm. She was off of loans and stuff like that. So she she you know worked side jobs and then she went back into school to become a dental hygienist, which changed changed my perspective too because I'm like, hold up, 
you've got a career. What is this career you got? Mm-hmm. What is this? And um, she stepped out to go to Chicago because she was like, there's more opportunity out here. I'm sitting over here watching her do these things. And I'm young. And I'm like, you out here in Chicago? You out here eating good food? You coming back telling us you need to change up your diet. You need to do this and you need to do this. We used to eating fat back in the greens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember my mom used to put a thing of my dad to this day, he still talk about that. He said, my mom would put fat back on the top of the refrigerator. That thing would just sit there and she just slice off business of pieces of it, put it in the green. Green's fine. But, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> but I say this because Seeing those little glimpses mm-hmm. helped me to realize there's something more out there. And my father also did a good job of every now and then, whenever I would go see him, because my parents weren't together, I would he would take me out to uh, like a nice restaurant, whether we could afford it or not, I don't know. But he would take me out, and I would know, like, oh, like there's more to the world. And so in my day-to-day, when I'm at school, uh, a lot of the times I'm in school with we just go say some knuckleheads. Uh, we all was knuckleheads, so it's not just them. It was me specifically. Honestly, I've probably almost got kicked out of the district mm. twice. And so I wasn't even supposed to make it to high school, to be quite honest with you. Um, but what I ended up doing was I would see how the people around me would act, see that they weren't getting anywhere, but then I would see good examples every now and then do something, and I'm like, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. It made me curious. I always wanted to kind of learn more about what people were doing. So at an early age, I would do stuff like hustle. I would walk around the street. I would probably, when I was about nine, I would probably like walk around the, like the whole neighborhood, probably about a couple of miles with my lawnmower and cut grass, shovel snow, figure it out. Um, and then I got into football. That also helped me a lot to know that it was an outlet. I've tried different sports uh, before football, but football was one of those things where I've had so many failures in my other sports mm-hmm. too. I was like, "Yeah, I ain't trying. To, I ain't trying to keep on giving up." Yeah. What's interesting though is I gave up on the very first day of practice. <laughs> really? I came back though. It was weird. <laughs> People to this day talk about that. Yeah. But to, to carry the story along is. I kept on seeing people hustle, try, and venture out and not be limited to their environment. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to continue to do the same thing in my life. So um, when I got to doing football, I just decided to go all in with it. Was I like that good at it? To be honest with you, wasn't the best athlete on my team. My little league team was lit. (laughs) My little (laughs) league team was lit. Like they had like five All-Americans. And uh, I probably was like, top 20 out of a 30-man squad. That's how lit mm-hmm. my little league t- team was. And I still went to a prestigious university to play football. Um, mm-hmm. But even with that, I wasn't supposed to make it to high school, but God had grace over me to take me out of my neighborhood high school and get me into a magnet high school mm-hmm. um, because of football. I wasn't thinking about college. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough to, for college at at first. I was just kind of just happy to play football because I just like some of the components of it, just trying to stay out the street. Because mm-hmm. I was going to go to military. Then I got to college. By the grace of God, a coach just seen me randomly. Mm-hmm. 
because of another player. That's how lit my high school was. Wow. <laughs> um, got to college, it changed my whole life yeah. to see that there were many different people just like me, mm-hmm. different from Miami, D.C., East St. Louis, L.A., all of the all of the type of neighborhoods, but they were focused. Yeah, they had a drive. They was very uh, straightforward, man. And we were young. We were like 18, 19, 20. But you see that they had a lot of life experiences early on. And that carried with me to know that, all right, I ain't got to be, I I don't have to limit myself to nobody. I'm in this world to grow. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've been carrying myself professionally, too, is when I'm in a certain department, I bring in all my experiences, uh, sales, marketing, investments, mm-hmm. uh, one of my one of my favorite jobs was uh, being in an investment bank, um, investment management of a bank. And uh, I brought in all my, 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 my talents and skills to that. But I didn't let it limit me because I was like, well, finance might not be just it for me. Um, marketing, you yeah. know, I was like, I got the degree in marketing. I was very interested in that. Was I good at it? Probably not. Um, but my teacher came up to me one day. And I didn't even know if I was ever good in school. She said, man, you know what your gift is? I don't even know if she was Christian. But mm. she said I had a gift. I said, well, I said what are you talking about? Because uh, at the time, I, I also I wasn't Christian. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, I said, what you talking about? She said, oh, so I'm good at being creative. She said, no, absolutely not. Ooh. She said... <laughs> Why, why you do that? <laughs> she said, absolutely not. Uh, but you're really good at strategy and evaluating things. And you are. And she could see that through my paperwork out of a class of 300 people. The time she told me that, I never looked back. I said, you know what? I just want to be really good at what she told me that I was good at. Like, I yeah. want to be the best at it. So that, I just find things to just carry me, drive me, and challenge me. So if you see a lot of different things on like the certifications and st- things, I don't think that's what makes me or anything. I really don't even really count it. I just think that's what I got to do mm-hmm. to learn, stay competitive, stay growing and just stay moving. So that's just yeah. a little bit of background. If that was long winded, I apologize. But little plug. I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Kenny is our COO. And that means that he is the, the breath and life. Of everything operations and strategy <laughs> as a really study loud and I am honored to have him as my co-founder and as we transition into that um before we dive into more about study aloud and kind of your journey to being a co-founder just kind of where you were when you first got the call when you first were like okay True. we're doing this True. could you speak to someone who may have resonated with your story, your life experiences, the level of exposure you had, and and all of that to lead you to where you are today. What advice, 30 seconds, would you give to someone who may want to be where you are today? Man, I think the the most pivotal thing in my life was uh, giving my life to, to, to God. And I know that sounds cliche. I know that's like what everybody say. I'm going to say the reason why that was the most pivotal it's because it left shame behind. So all the stuff that I used to be in and used to do, I no longer have that shame of being like, well, I used to be this way. Mm. And it allows me to become more of the man that I want to be because I'm like, well, I don't care about the past. I don't care about none of that. Amen. I care about, all right, 
I'm I'm God's. I'm the, I'm a, a a son of God, and I ain't perfect, and I don't even try to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think if if anybody ever just see how I, <laughs> I just operate in life, I'm like I don't even try to to even pl- play the game of being fake. Yeah. So I just would say, uh, what led me, what I would encourage anybody is people that coming out, you know, from similar situations of me was find. Find a church. I'm just going to keep saying this probably almost every episode. (laughs) Find a church. Find people that you respect within the church as leaders. Um, I've been grateful to have really strong men in the churches that I've been in. So my first church in San Antonio, uh, my pastor, the guy that led me to my pastor, you know, uh, Pastor Les Bramlett out in San Antonio. I got to get a shout, shout out, out to you, uh, Clef, Clef of the Rock. Um, but also, um, the church that I'm in now, with Progressive Baptist Church, uh, Deacon Barry. Uh, man, shout out he, to Deacon Barry. Yeah, shout out to Deacon <laughs> Barry. Uh, he, I think, he, very straight up dude, but he's the way he carry himself definitely helps me uh, keep moving on in life. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage people that that's been in similar situations as me. First of all, find a church and find a way to be around strong men, people that don't um, bend on values. Mm, that's a word. So many times we get that's a whole another conversation for another day. I got a lot you. of times we get into these groups, these friends, or around people who do not elevate us, do not help us to excel, go past the the point where we are today, and really just operate as crabs in a barrel. So I really value that you value good groups of men, good groups of people to be around to help you elevate you as pur- purpose partners, ultimately. Yeah. Um, what you said uh, reminded me of Second Corinthians 5.17. It states, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things shall become new. I definitely saw that throughout your testimony on the way that you developed, the way that you really held on to Christ, even if you didn't fully realize that he was in your life at a young age. Even looking back, you're able to see how God's hand was on your life, and I I greatly appreciate that. So let's transition into now. Okay. You are a co-founder of Study Aloud, wonderful tech startup. (laughs) Plug. (laughs) With with me. Plug. (laughs) And... We, you know, we've done some amazing things. There's, there's been a lot of, of great work that has been done. We've been working on this for five and a half years now, going on six years. We've had an extremely lit year. Um, what was the beginning like for you when God said, okay, go ahead and do this? What what was going on? I know we give out a lot of shout outs. <laughs> I mean, because we're grateful. I, yeah. I, I, I I ain't gonna never stop the shout outs, honestly. Mm-hmm. So if it fills it up, it it is. It, it, if it fills up our whole episodes, I'm perfectly fine with that. Is my walk to Christ in college was my last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going up for pro day, and pro day make a man out of you because <laughs> <laughs> you really put your whole life into something that yeah. It, you really don't, you have a very small chance of accomplishing. Mm-hmm. But you saying, I'm going to give it my all. I'm walking out in faith before I even know who God is. Mm. I said, I'm going to give it my all on something and don't care about the result. I'm so happy and satisfied that I have literally, pro day, I did not miss a lift. I gave 110% on every rep. The discipline. I, 
I had a strict diet. I was I was all in. Um, I had no excuse for nothing. And when I when I finished pro day, so it was very similar to when the Lord came down to Jesus. I am well pleased. <laughs> I am well pleased. Still the character out here. Yeah. Um, it starts off with that. And who led me? Who I would say who the the people that helped led me to Christ was you. You 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 used to say little certain things that we used to get into it with. I'm like, man, Jesus ain't real. Stop yeah, playing. You, you did it's coming my head. I said, stop playing. This is just all fairy tale. <laughs> y'all 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 joking out here. But a transfer came into our university. My man's Henry. And Shout Yanahi. out to Henry. Henry is a good man. He is a good man. Henry and Yanny, he he came he comes in and his method of discipleship, mm-hmm. real smooth and slick. Yep. We ain't talk nothing about Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about all that stuff. Yeah. You ain't supposed to talk about. But then he'll he'll sprinkle in but Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be done. Not I, I gotta give another shout out to Henry, because that's how discipleship is done. Any evangelism is done. A lot of times we go at it with like Okay, let me come tell you about Jesus. But really, we need to get to know people and learn more about their story, get them to get to know us. Everyday evangelism is the most powerful evangelism that you can partake in. Not the, like, let me bring you to church, let me drag you to church. If they get to see how you live, if you're able to insert those moments of this is how the Lord has helped me, blessed me, there is an opportunity that's going to present itself to present the gospel. But just throwing that out there. And I just, I kept seeing the fact that he wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but he will always finish with Jesus. Amen. Like, in a weird way. And I was just like, bro, who is this guy? Like, I think he a cool guy. I think Harry is a cool guy. So if he following God, I need to figure out who is this guy that he speak of. And the fact that he was able to defend his God. Mm. He was. That's key. He was articulate on why he believed in God mm-hmm. and the experiences that he had. Nobody else kind of broke that down to me. Right. Everybody tried to give me what they heard from somebody else, but he was like, no, I have a real life relationship and experience. He said, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I ain't perfect, but he would keep saying things and doing things that kind of inched me towards that. And so when I became a Christian, I decided to give my life, during, mainly during that phase of uh, preparing for pro day and things like that. I just kind of jumped all in into... What am I supposed to be doing? What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of just listen to whispers of, it might have been God, that little whisper in your head to say, do this the best that you can. So I would get into uh, finance books. I would get into startups. I would get into businesses. Not even before even hearing your conversation. I was just already interested in this stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I need to fully understand it, and I don't know why I need to understand Lord, this stuff. Lord, plant a season. I need to give it my best, and I don't even know why I need to understand this mm. stuff. I would, my first job was a, a 100% commissions. I went out to San Antonio with no money, and I was chasing after a young lady. And, uh, that's valid. I was chasing after a young lady, and it didn't work out, but that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, but when I went out there, I had no money, and I was just like, I need to figure things out. Um, so I would be a hundred percent commission and Uber, mm. and I was, 
and in between all of that, I would Uber in the morning because you got to take people to work. I would Uber at night because you got to drop them off. But in between that time, if I wasn't hustling commission, I would spend most of my time in Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't go pay for the book because I had no money. <laughs> so I would just read every book on the business shelf before you even called. And then when you decide to call, I said, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it was the fact that I was giving myself to the Lord. I was already working into this purpose of business. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you had a, gave me a chance to apply it by giving by allowing me to share the vision. So What's crazy is I didn't even know any of that. I know. That's crazy. I, me and Kenny didn't have any conversation, number one, about Christ. Like, in a direct him confessing that Jesus is Lord and giving his life and surrendering to him. That was number one. But number two... When we did have the conversation, and I was like, you know, I don't really know how you feel about this. Our last conversation was a little rough around Jesus. True, true, true. So I was just like, you know, this is what God told me to do. He told me to call you. We hadn't spoken in two years at the time. Wasn't like we were on bad blood or anything. Life just happened. You know, he moved to Texas. Things just happened. But it was all, no love was lost. I called him, and he said, I woke him up out of his sleep. You did. I was taking a nap. <laughs> and I, I think it was like early in the morning, though. So I I was on my way into work at the time. And Kenny was like, all right, let's go ahead and set a meeting. And he was just, it was just so matter of fact, like, absolutely. No, first of all, I didn't know if he was going to answer the phone or not, but I knew that the Lord told me to call you. I mean, first of all, when I say 100 name, I said stop. <laughs> I feel like it's another, this is another little nugget for people, man. When you build good character or you do things or make people feel a certain way, People go, people, if they haven't heard from you in a while, they go, they go, they go figure it out. I ain't heard from you in two years, you know? Uh, So I was just like, she was a solid person. Like, I'm going to pick up the phone. I literally have brick emojis next to your name because I was like, Kenny's solid. (laughs) Kenny's always solid. I mean, that's, you know? Oh, appreciate it. But for the friends I haven't talked to in a minute, (laughs) uh, (laughs) please forgive me. I have been working a lot, man. Please forgive me. So... Tell us more about, like, what is your vision for Study Aloud and you as a co-founder? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years, even over the next year? And where do you see the startup? That's actually a good question. Uh, And I know it, it actually catches me off guard because so much of the time I'm actually making sure to support your vision. The, mm. To be quite honest with you. Mm. And so as far as me thinking about where do I see the company, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm usually just thinking about how to support, like what whatever partners? you thinking. 50-50. I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, if she says she wants this, I'm like, I got to figure this out, you know. But if it's, if I'm thinking about it selfishly, I guess, I, I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that you know, as it grows, I would like more experience and more experienced person to replace me. Mm. It is what it is because I want this to kind of go out to its fullest. But I do want to take on a division. We talked about our company giving our 10% ties to the community. Mm-hmm. I want to take over a division to uh, use that 10% of, of our profits to kind of like innovate and just branch out crazy business ideas, crazy business models. Mm -hmm. And so that we're not just given to patch up a problem Mm -hmm. that we're trying to to really solve 
the 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 meat and potatoes of an issue. So if that's if that's um, I know you mentioned uh, things for women uh, mm-hmm. having that type of mentorship. Yeah. If it's uh, in my case, I always said I wanted to give back to my my community of having resources, giving resources, or if it's food or whatever. I just want to be able to have kind of like a think tank. Mm-hmm. With those ten percent, ten percent of our profits to kind of think of some bigger scale ideas, yeah. and we see where it goes. So that's how I kind of see the the vision moving in in, the, in years to come. I love it. I, if it's up to me, it's gonna happen. And for now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, until you know the Lord says otherwise, that's that's definitely something we're going to to do and touch on. I think that's a great segue into our new segment and in, in technical conversation. Um, you spoke about innovation and community and not just passion up a problem, but being, I guess, proactive in the way that we tackle and realize different issues to take part of. Talk to us a little bit more about what you've been seeing in the AI and technical space. I know this has been a buzzword a lot in the industry over the last year mm. since open AI has come out with ChatGPT, we have seen an influx of companies who have been seriously investing into this technology. And you know, we've been really closely watching this for the last five years. So yeah, we've we been have. very well aware of the way that this has been developing has been like a slow roll into 2023. Um, talk to us about just some of the, the industry trends that you've seen. Yeah, I I kind of first want to <clears throat> talk about my initial thought of AI. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first came out with our product design or even generating ideas, we had like a very infant or uh, infant way of thinking about AI. Uh, what was that? Five and a half years ago, mm-hmm. when we start seeing Alexa and start seeing Siri and start recognizing how important voice technology was five mm-hmm. years ago. So we did research on that, but I didn't really understand like the the back end of AI. And so then this last year, because it's been such a hot topic and trend, I think everybody has been thinking about AI at very surface level. Mm-hmm. So basically where we start off five years ago yeah. of just knowing, like, this is how does this apply to my life? How does this convenience me? But now we're starting to look in to see, you know, AI is something that is been around for at least, they said it's been around for 50 years if you think about the way that it was built based off of st- uh, statistics, um, doing those programming models to kind of just... Uh, you put in something and give you back something out based off of statistics. So that's mm-hmm. essentially what AI was back in the 1950s. I got to mm-hmm. say 1950s because we getting old in the 1900s is <laughs> starting to be a real thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm learning more now is that people are starting to get into heavily into the trend of generative AI, which mm-hmm. is the thing of these AI models are starting to learn patterns and starting to generate new material based off mm-hmm. of what has been learning and what has been been fed to, to be trained on. Yeah. The trend is um, ChatGPT. Yeah. Everybody wants to do... Everybody, everybody wants models. to do ChatGPT. Everybody want to do the chat 
the the la- the large language models. Mm-hmm. But people don't even know these terms. Like I was I didn't realize how important it was to make these distinctions of large language models, mm-hmm. um, descriptive models, right. um, natural language processing. Mm-hmm. You know, all the robotics is this whole type of thing. Like I think people are so enamored by like man, ChatGPT made my life a little bit easier. Right. Let's apply to every. Let's slap it on everything. Man, they don't know this is just the start of a just just the. Start tip of the iceberg on what's going on as far as the other AI tools that are out there and how jobs and, and corporations are moving their whole entire businesses around AI. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot we was mentioning, one company said that they would just go double up their uh, investment in AI and it's like like what how much planning did y'all do? Exactly. None. They a lot of people I think are, are fear in fear of being so far behind because the technology is moving so fast. So you just take the API of mm. open source material and apply it to literally virtually anything. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's being implemented now isn't seamless. It isn't really thinking about the user. Sometimes the experience goes against what yep. someone naturally do. So even in that, I would highly recommend as a product designer, someone who's been truly in the field of user experience, studying empathy, studying people design, to look at people first and then the technology. Yep. Because sometimes the technology isn't applicable for every situ- situation that you're trying to apply it to. And the way in which you can just slap a, a chat GPT on top of whatever it doesn't always solve the problem, which we quickly we, we, saw. We we had to learn that personally by yeah. realizing, mind you, we came out with this. We came out with this idea five years ago. We was thinking about putting a, a, a chat, chat feature on the Bible. On the Bible. And we've and, seen like five apps who do it now, and it's probably like a hundred of them. Yeah. But what we realized when we go back into looking into, did it solve the problem? We it are doesn't. saying. It doesn't because we need people to read and understand the Bible. We don't need people to ask the Bible questions and get an answer back. Right. So that's something we're exploring and looking into. Um, but to talk about this this AI thing, people got to look at AI holistically to mm-hmm. know that it's a helper. It's an assistant. It is not a problem solver. It is not your end all be all. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not none of that. It's not Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior, come second coming. <laughs> or the Antichrist. Or the Antichrist. It's not that. Read your Bible, we, please. We, <laughs> and so what people have to understand that there's going to be more technology to come. But if y'all don't understand, you know, if our audience don't understand, you got to do your own research because we're just here to bring up the topic. Yeah, that's it. Um, you got to do more research, but companies are changing their whole business models for AI. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're, they have already had some, they have already had an understanding of what AI can do in a, in a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. We as consumers of it just know the surface level of it. So what I would encourage people is to take courses. I just most recently took my LinkedIn course mm-hmm. on uh, AI. I think it was like sponsored by Microsoft. Um, I don't. It's a, it was a learning path. I, I don't remember the name of it, but do your research. Yeah. Um, but I've seen that that was very helpful on me understanding more about AI and the history of AI and seeing how it can be applied um, and not even and having a very fundamental understanding of how AI is being trained because now when we are jumping in those conversations with um, 
our developers or future AI engineers or whatever maybe we have a a slight understanding of how we want to approach the data that we're we're going to be using it and, and trying to understand how that makes a better experience for other people. Speaking but, of speaking of data, let's uh, hone in on that right now. Could you talk a little bit more about ethical behavior in data in the stage and age of AI? Okay. Uh, so I'm very new into at least handling data when it comes to getting it from the data warehouse or from the source and to where we see it as when we get into analytics and stuff like that. Remember, we had to have that talk with a data scientist about how that whole process even goes. But after doing a little bit of research of it, it's, what I'm starting to realize is the ethics come in at of how companies you have heard online use the data before. Mm-hmm. They're using the data in a way that is very... Inhumane. Say it again. Inhumane. Now, I wouldn't even say in, inhumane. It's very selfish mm-hmm. because it doesn't have nothing to do with the customer experience. And so now people out here are scared to give out any type of data. they like, man, I have to protect my data or whatever, whatever, because they have had, been scarred and traumatized of how people have been using data. So in the case of a corporation, I'm just giving our example, no names, you might take in some data. You sell it to a third party, and that third party go off to the black market and sell that off into uh to some scammers or whatever. And so now people mm-hmm. are like, "Why would you do that?" But there's companies out here that actually need to know more about you so they can enhance the experience for you. Yeah. There's some people that's not selling it to everybody. You know, in the case of uh, certain corporations that are looking to do more personalized experiences, they need to know your behaviors within that software or that application mm-hmm. they probably don't need to track you everywhere and all of that that's very unnecessary for somebody that you know how it's applicable to your day-to-day life yeah. but within the, the software within the application they need to track how you do things so now they can better better serve you so mm-hmm. prime example amazon now i don't know how they do their ethical standards on collecting data and what data that they collect and their governance on who within the company get to see certain data or not, what's proprietary or not. These are all things that you have to do your research on. But Amazon is a good example. I'm trusting Amazon to give them all my purchasing data Mm. and whatever data that they have from Alexa or whatever. So now whenever I need to buy something, I need a very specific recommendation on the thing I didn't know that I was looking for, if I if I have the disposable income to buy that. But I don't need to be in a position where Amazon is very bad at their job and I got to stroll through a million, billion items on Amazon to find out what what do I need what do to you, buy. Purchase and behaviors. And, yeah. And same thing with Netflix. Like Netflix does an extremely good job on collecting that, that data on you within that app of how you navigate through the movies, what movies do you like to watch, and people love it because they like, when I click on the homepage of Netflix, they about to give me something new, something that I'm interested in, and that's the same thing about what companies should be doing ethically with the data and not 
muddying up the water, selling the stuff, and going all off the rails. And if you are selling data, not even selling, but partnershiping with data, is it applicable? Mm-hmm. So in the case of if I'm with Nike, you selling my Nike app data, and they have a partnership with Amazon. I want I want that to be mm-hmm. a thing. You know, I, I don't know. I want that them to have some information on me, so it make my experience just a little bit better. So, what would you? What? How should we be thinking about AI data and all of these tools and resources, these new technologies, as a Christian? There we go. There we go. Hey, you game on. <laughs> you game on. Uh, how should we be thinking about this as a Christian? One, as a Christian, we should be thinking about how does this enhance my life? Mm-hmm. Not this being my idol. Mm-hmm. Because there is no replacement for communication with God, prayer, the Bible, faith. There's no replacement for these type of things. And having your focus on God and not thinking that the world about the end with AI. Might, might not. We don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I told you I get into conspiracy theories all day. Um, but what does it mean for a Christian is how can we use this technology to help others. So there's some people on YouTube that does a phenomenal job of giving the new updates on AI. So I got a guy that I think is a guy named Matt Wolf with an E um, on Wolf. And there's another guy named David uh, Sharpino. Uh, and so these guys, they talk about AI all day. I look at it from a Christian lens of the more that I know about AI, the more that I can share and can probably even... Uh, apply this as starting up a business, doing better at my day job, and now I can be able to teach people about this, and now I'll have a better opportunity to disciple. But not pushing away from AI and these tools, because there's some tools that might help you become a better, uh, for example, content creators. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian content creator, why wouldn't you use AI? I'm pretty sure they're using AI. I'm pretty sure they're using ChatGPT. I'm pretty sh- sure they're using uh, video tools like Opus Clips. Um, and they're using all these different type of like... Google just came out with one too. It's like Bard or something. Oh, Bard, um, Bing have one. But you need these tools to just enhance the experience. This world itself is very competitive. And mm-hmm. it's not to say that we have to be consumed by the technology... But just know just enough to keep you in the know and not to be so fearful and scared of the technology. Uh, when you think about it, AI technically doesn't understand anything. I know a lot of people think ChatGPT is so smart. It is, it is trained to give you outputs based off the, the statistics of how the things were used. And so people will go and be like, man, ChatGPT understands me. No. First of all, it's not a he. It's not right. a she. It's, it's not have it's pronoun. An it's an it. And it and it and it doesn't understand you at all. Mm-hmm. And so keeping in mind, uh, the more that you equip yourself with knowledge and understanding, just like the Bible says, it it keeps you away from fear. Yeah. And it keeps you being more faithful. Mm-hmm. So I always I always had the, the thought in my head, uh faith over fear. So Amen. I also think, too, we should be thinking about it, especially if you're using it as a Christian, in a Christian business, Christian tech setting, whatever. 
think about how this is bringing God glory. Is this helping to advance his mission, advance his kingdom in any way? Or are you like, can you say like selfishly using it? And if in the case where you're not in a position to build your own technology, your own app or all application towards this technology. If you're in a position now, the companies, companies are talking about a left and right, even where it doesn't make sense. I was in the, anyway, I I witnessed (laughs) something like that not too long ago where it was like, this ain't got nothing to do with AI, but everybody just wants to force fit AI into their business models, into the user experience. And so if you're someone who's dealing with just regular everyday career things, be aware that, it will not always make sense and don't be afraid to have a voice to speak up and say that it doesn't make sense in this context. They may disagree with you. They may just want to be competitive in this space, but it is our jobs, especially as Christians to safeguard the world. I would say, and I know that sounds like a huge responsibility, but to be able to be a voice and say, Hey, this isn't ethical. Hey, I think this is this is not aligning with the word of God. Like God did not call us to take advantage of people. He didn't call us to um, sell other people's data and and do crazy weird things with it. Like he didn't he didn't want us to do all of that and operate in the spirit of confusion and manipulation as it relates to technology, AI, and plagiarism and all those things. So let's just be very mindful of the way that we are truly leaning into this technology and how we can even use it for the advancement and the glorification of Christ. So I, I want to say mm-hmm. one, one, one thing is um, there's a lot of uh, certifications out on AI. So if you want to get some in-depth knowledge on it in a very structured way, we got Google AI uh, certifications. We got IBM AI engineering professional certification. We got Microsoft certified as Azure AI fundamentals, deep learnings, uh, Coursera um, by Andrew Ng. I don't even know how to pronounce him, um, but uh, but there's like platforms for you to learn that. And I'm gonna tell you why is that so important. Us as a tech startup company, everybody we come in contact that will have a role in our company as we begin to scale and grow, we thoroughly mm-hmm. expect that they have some type of knowledge. On AI, because to us it becomes a waste of our time if you are not uh, giving yourself the best service of um, lessening up your workload, uh, applying it in new ways so they can help the business grow. Like again, if you like a marketer and you don't know all the video or editing AI tools or SEO AI tools, that's a disservice to you, because those people who are really good at their job, they're already using it. Mm-hmm. They know 10 different tools. They know all of these different things. If you are, we, we just mentioned what a UX, UI design. I sent you that, uh, was it UI Zerd? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but it was like a UX, AI type of thing. And yeah. I'm pretty sure the people that are getting into the game are starting to use that just to kind of lessen up their workload. If people are not using Figma and using the AI features in Figma, Adobe, Photoshop, uh, and and the AI features that's with that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, and so and that's the trend I'm seeing more. So I think AI is going to go in the direction of the seamless integrations of how can we just make it almost as if it's invisible and you don't even truly realize that it's AI um, in that moment. Less about the lang- the large language models. Um, I think it'll be in the trend of how can we integrate this in our own systems and processes, which I think is 
mostly responsible in the way that we're we're using it, but also being transparent in our you know our privacy laws and all that that I, we are using it. I think people are gonna. I think it's gonna be a hyper awareness on everybody using their own individual databases and onboarding AI uh, professionals to just only handle their own uh, individual databases, so they won't have to lean on like the chat GPTs and things like that. And it's going to take them some time, and it's, but it might be worth the investment when we get into security and mm-hmm. uh, privacy laws because right now I'm starting to see that companies are having a big issue with employees using chat GPT and inputting the work um, information into it. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on it is how good is chat GPT with their security? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know from a business perspective, that's concerning, but... You also can't have an employee out here doing things the way back in the, the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So something to think about. Uh, but, yeah, that's what, as far as, like you said, Christians having this this tech, please get in, get involved. Get involved. Um, the church should be, should be leading most, if not all, conversations in the world. Probably some workshops. Think, yeah. Some workshops that definitely benefit a lot of people. I, I know... Um, we just recently heard that some churches are out here trying to uh, create their own seminary schools. It's probably best for you to equip those seminary people to know how to have a conversation with those everyday people. Like, just having a conversation of uh, AI and, and these type of things might even help advance the conversation because you're reaching people, especially in the tech or corporate world, there ain't too many Christian people. We, we talked about color, Christian, and corporate. Mm-hmm. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to say that uh, AI is not the only thing that people should be uh, keeping their eye on as far as the work um, atmosphere go. There's data as a whole, cybersecurity, project management, UX, UI design. It, it's one of the most important things I'm starting to see myself. And it's not just because of you uh, being a product designer, and I'm talking with you every day. But how important UX, UI design will be for the future because there's so much technology and people don't know how to bridge that gap between how would the user use that. And you need some very willing, depth, educated people that know how to bridge that gap between the consumer and this advanced technology. So I'm very excited on seeing the innovation in that space. Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Kenny, for allowing us to come on and interview about all things AI as well as getting your business about all your life experiences. And we are definitely looking forward to learning more about, you know, our journey and telling you guys more about our journey and learning about these really nifty and crafty topics. As we end and as we close, I just kind of want you to give us a, a blessing as we end, not necessarily a prayer, but what is what is something positive that you would like our audience to leave with? Um, what I would like for the audience to leave with, um, if the, do not be content where you at. Mm-hmm. I think if, I think that's my testimony is I I haven't been content in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm content with God, and that's where my joy comes in. But do not be content of the world. It will fool you mm-hmm. every time. You will, you will stay there in your job. You will not learn anything. You will probably focus on traveling, 
eating out every day, doing all these. Not to say these things are bad. You should enjoy the world. But do not get, do not stay stand still. And, and do not be fearful because sometimes people will stand still and get comfortable in a position because it is very scary out there to no- learn something new. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a definitely an advocate of being curious and learning something new and being risky. I don't, I don't advise everybody else to be risky, but to step out there out your comfort zone every now and then, whether it's, you know, it's been my journey to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And so uh, even if it's going to the gym, if it's, it don't always have to be about tech or eat, clean up your diet. Um, if it's uh, reading a book, I encourage people to read more books too. Mm-hmm. Um, people been getting away from reading books. That's absurd, man. Because what I'm starting to realize is that people don't are not know how to contextualize things. They're not widening their imagination. They're just seeing videos, and it's almost like it's the videos consuming them. So I encourage people to not stay stagnant and to leap in on faith, on learning new things, being uncomfortable. That's where you really show God that you're being faithful. And I'm going to give you a good example, and I'm going to close it out with this. Uh, When Peter asks, I think you mentioned this point, that Peter asks to go out into the water with Jesus. Mm. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> I do. So, I'm sorry. I was trying to think. I'm like. So Peter asked to go on. You remember that Peter walked on water for that one second. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember who asked was if it was Peter or Jesus to ask him to come out on the water. And you and I know yeah, you go fat check Jesus me. told Peter to come. Okay. Well, so I'm like, I was searching in my mind. I'm like, did that happen? Well, <laughs> I was Jesus, trying to be the. Uh, well, Jesus the asked Peter to, to come out into the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, Peter asked Jesus, and then Jesus told Peter to come. Matthew fourteen twenty. So, yo, Peter started it. He started the conversation. Mm-hmm. Peter asked to come out into the water. If that's the case in, in our lives, I think we ask God, God, I want to have a better life. God, I want relationship to be so much better. God, I'm tired of being alone. God, I'm tired of all this. It takes that leap to... Move on forward, get uncomfortable, learn something new. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough that I am a fan of reading books. So when I need to learn how to have a better relationship, first I go to God, then I read some uh, some supplemental books to kind of see if it confirms what God is saying because God's word is, 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 is the base, it's the foundation. But if there's the other ways that I, it can be communicated to me so I can get it for that season... Mm-hmm. I'm open to it. And I that carries with me that Peter asked to step out on the water because he he wanted, he had a desire. Mm-hmm. He had a desire to go out. What he messed up was when he started to look at the waves, mm-hmm. when stuff started to get a little, little messy, he kept his eye out. He, he, he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to drown. And I think that's where a lot of people... Go at is they want to go to church, they stop going to church for a couple of moments. They want to read the Bible, they stop reading the Bible. They start to drown into Netflix. They start to drown into social media and things. And that's my PSA. Um, but if there's new topics that people want us to talk about, I could get into new topics. But I, I definitely wanted to uh, 
have a PSA around AI, where is it going, and in, la- and in the professional landscape for that. So Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we thank you so much for tuning in today to Faith Declassified with Study Aloud. We are your hosts, again, Hunter and Kenny, and we will pray out at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to amplify this topic on AI and for learning more about the journey in which you have brought us from. Lord, we thank you and glorify your name, Lord, on this podcast and all over the world. Everyone on the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that you just cover them, protect them, and draw them nearer to you, Lord. We pray that you move us out of the way and that you get the glory, honor, and praise from each and everything that we do concerning you and study aloud and all of the things, Lord, that we are working in your name, Jesus. So God, we pray that if there's any anyone here that doesn't have a relationship with you, God, that they would invite you into their hearts, that they would confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in the heart that you were raised from the dead, Lord. Your word says that if they do these things, that they shall be saved. And that's that as they seek your face and they turn away from their sin, God, that they will grow in relationship with you. So Lord, we thank you so much. We glorify your name. We um, give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And um, we just say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. Until next time, yeah. we will talk to you guys. And send, later. Us, and send us those those topics, comments, follow us, do all of that. We need we need that. Right. Bye.